There's no other king like him. There's no other king like him. I'm not even started to preach, and I'm already getting choked up watching this video. I've watched it about 102 times, and every time I watch it gets me every time. Welcome to High Point. My name is Andy. Hello. It's a great day to be here and worship together with you today. So here's what we're going to do. It's a special day today. Uh, Not only are people getting baptized, but not only are families here to celebrate. I'll give you even just a little context before I get into some other great things. But we've been here a couple years. We started this church, and the hope was to reach and engage those who don't know Jesus, that don't know Christ, the, the, the broken, the hurting, the lost, those who need a touch from God. That's why we moved here. That's why we started the church and the ministry that we're a part of. It's called Every Nation and Every Nation Ministries. And we have churches all over the world and all over uh, the, the United States. And our heart was to come and move here and reach families that lived here, but also do it in a way where we could engage college students at the same time. This is why when you look around, you see a lot of rascally college students in our church. See, high schoolers, middle schoolers, because we value engaging the next generation, telling them the good news of Jesus. Getting to today, next week is Easter, but that means that today is a special day as well. It's the beginning of Holy Week. You may not be familiar with that. I didn't grow up really getting into or knowing all the things around Easter. I just knew Easter. And I had my sweet Easter basket, and every once in a while I'd get a G.I. Joe in there and, you know, some candy. And we'd go to church, and it was a big deal. And what would you do? You'd wear your finest. And then afterwards, you know, you'd go out to the buffet, right? It was, it was, there was an Easter buffet at your favorite place. Am I right? My sister's here. She can confirm. You can ask her, okay? This is what you would do. But oftentimes we miss all of the things around Easter, even the significance of it. Today is a special day because it's Palm Sunday. And this morning I'm going to preach, and I'm going to preach in a way that's a little bit different. And it may seem like I'm giving you loads of information And I want you to know that my hope is never to burden you or weigh you down with just information. Our hope is to always let Jesus and the Holy Spirit bring you to transformation. Information is good, but transformation is best. But we are also living in a day and an age where people didn't just grow up going to church anymore. And when we say, oh, you know, it's Easter, we assume that everyone knows what it means and the significance around it and the week leading up to it. And I have bad news and good news. The bad news is we aren't a country that knows the truth and heart of Jesus anymore. The good news is, is that we can do something about it. And so today, I'm just going to tell the story of Jesus as we are heading into the single most prolific week in all of human history. And I want, I'm going to say that again. 
This week, starting today, is the most significant week in all of human history. And for us to lose sight of what's happening or to not know, that would be a miss, would it not? We're in a series called Frequency, and we're wrapping it up today. And it's like you're, you know, you're beep, 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 you know, trying to tune in on the station, and we just can't quite get there. We just can't quite hear it. It's like static coming in over the radio. But today, we're going to fine-tune the dial. We're going to hear exactly what God would have us know and understand. And the significance of Palm Sunday heading into Easter, my hope is that God reignites something fresh in our hearts this week. I'm excited. We don't have a Good Friday service here, but we are going to have a Good Friday service on Facebook. That's right, 12 p.m. while you were at work. If you're able to take 30 minutes and get your friends on the way to Chipotle, you can be a part of a, of a small Good Friday service. We're going to get more information out to you. But the reason we're taking great liberty and, and great effort to do this is because we need to know the significance of these moments. All of human history turns on this week. Paul said it well. He said, if, if the resurrection isn't true, if I don't know Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, then all of this that I'm doing is pointless and it is useless. So today, we're going to re-anchor ourselves. Are you ready to do that today? I'm ready to do that because we serve a king. His name is Jesus, and there is no other king like him. Father, be with us this morning as we get into the scriptures. Lord, I pray right now, whether uh, moms and dads that are here, God, whether they're here to support their child, whether it's a college student, whether it's high school, middle school, 65, 95, or 16, God, I do not care, and I thank you that you are, you do not care either. God, move in our hearts today. Draw close to us today. Speak to us today. Amen. Turn to Matthew 21. So we're going to begin a little journey together. Matthew 21, verses 1 through 11. I'm going to read a little bit. It's an incredible account. We're going to take a few moments and we're just going to read the scriptures together. Matthew 21, you can follow along on the screen behind me. Jesus is with his disciples, and they are entering Jerusalem. That's the context. I'll give a little bit more in just a moment. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophets. And I quote, Say to daughter Zion, See, your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. 
A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest! When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? crowds answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. This is Palm Sunday. What you're reading took place roughly at this exact time over 2,000 years ago. And we would be heading into Jesus' arrest, his eventual arrest, his trial before the religious officials, and his subsequent uh, crucifixion, and then him being raised from the dead three days later. But what you may not remember or know about this account you know, we, we were literally in, in my home last night. We, there were some friends and family that were there for my oldest son's birthday. And we, we got to talking about the message. And Amy makes fun of me because I started preaching in the house. You know, I'm preaching this out. I'm getting this out. Making sure that, you know, it feels right. You know, like a practice swing, so to speak. And it's easy for us to forget the, in, the significance of palm branches and people, they're, they're yelling and they're shouting and they're excited and they're overjoyed. They're leaving work. They're running to the sides of the road and they're celebrating this man named Jesus, this prophet from Nazareth, riding on the back of a donkey. Why? What on earth is happening? Well, what you may not know is that days before, Jesus is in the home, or, or Jesus is in a city called Bethany. And there someone had died, and it was a friend of Jesus's, and his name was Lazarus. And Jesus showed up late. This man had died. He was a good friend of Jesus. But Jesus wasn't there. And so they did what you would do if someone died. They, they took care of the body. It was wrapped, and then it was put in a tomb. Why? Because, well, it was a dead body, and you don't want a dead body to start smelling. And, you know, it's kind of gross. I realize that, but they put the body in the tomb, and they rolled the tomb shut. They rolled the stone over the tomb, and, and here is Lazarus, Jesus' friend, who's died. And every time Jesus is asked, are we going or why weren't you here? He reminds them that this has all happened. The pain, the difficulty, the hardship has happened so that God could be glorified. What you might not know is that Jesus is very aware that in just a few days he's going to be arrested. And in just a few days, he's going to die. And he is making a declaration in this moment that oftentimes as Americans, we may not quite catch. It is the most prolific miracle in all of Jesus' ministry. 
Bethpage, or excuse me, Bethany. It has a, a, a meaning. The meaning of this city, the, the name Bethany means uh, house of the poor. And Lazarus's name means God helps. In, in the face of when it looked like God wasn't helping, God was actually stepping up four days after Lazarus had died to, to show the world the most amazing, incredible minute miracle. Jews thought that on the fourth day that your soul was actually separated from your body. There was still hope. First day, second day, and third day. But by the fourth day, now we are at the place of utter impossibility. And Jesus waited. And he stepped into a city, house of the poor. And he stepped into a home. God helps. Days before he was to die, and he says to them, go ahead and roll the, the, the stone away. And he says, Lazarus, come out. I don't even know what that might have looked like. If you've seen The Mummy with Brendan Fraser, the back-in-the-day movie, right? I mean, just, ah, I would have ran. There's a mummy coming out of the tomb. <laughs> this is crazy town. Well, this is the prolific nature of Jesus' miracle. In fact, let me read this verse. Because as he walks down the road and he's just outside the house, uh, uh, Martha comes to him and she's speaking to him about what he could have done. And if he was just here and he reminds her this verse, or excuse me, he reminds her this statement. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? It's an amazing question. I am the resurrection and I am the life. And anyone who believes and puts their faith in this, in me, will never ultimately die. Do you believe it? Because Jesus in this moment is reminding them and he's telling them something that they just haven't quite gotten down. And that's this fact that Jesus is king and Jesus is king over sin and he is king over death. There is no other king like him. Lazarus, come out. And Lazarus, comes out of the grave. And if you're wondering why I haven't put any of this text on here, it's because we're gonna, this is just the, the pregame, okay? The crowds go crazy. Bethany is only two miles from Jerusalem. And so the word on the street is that Jesus, this amazing teacher, this amazing healer, they'd heard of stories they heard of moments from other cities and other villages, but they hadn't been close enough to walk and get a taste. And so crowds are forming. They're showing up at Lazarus's home. They're asking questions. They can't believe that Lazarus, who they know it was dead, is now alive. How did this happen? Who could have done such a thing as this? Jesus did? 
Is he really the Messiah? Who could have done anything of this magnitude, this wondrous? Surely he is. The time has come. Our king has arrived. Can you believe it? Shut down the shop. Get mom and dad. Hit the streets. It's party time. Our king is here. What man, what king could raise someone from the dead four days after they've been sitting behind a rock? Who could do such a thing? It's party time. Our king is here. Rome is going down. Okay? Now they were right. They were right that Jesus was king. But they were wrong in the kind of king that Jesus was going to be in this moment. I didn't put it on the screen, but a lot of times Jesus is not the king we want, but he is the king that we need. There is no other king like him. But we may not know about Passover, which in case you don't know or you've never even heard of these words, Passover was a feast. And I won't go into all the details, but the reason there are so many people on the street and there's so many people migrating to Jerusalem is because they're coming to this great city to celebrate a feast together called Passover. And they celebrated a moment where God's judgment was passing over them as a people. He demonstrated great mercy. And they sacrificed a lamb. And they put the blood of the lamb over their door. And when they put the blood of the lamb, the sacrifice over the door, this was thousands of years ago, the the spirit of God moved over the house. It passed over and they celebrated God's mercy in this moment. They celebrated with sacrifice. And what people oftentimes miss is that the the single greatest sacrificial lamb was heading into the city at the exact same time people were preparing their little sacrificial lamb. In celebration of what God had done and the single most prolific sacrificial lamb was preparing his heart to die and his perfect blood to be spread out all over mankind to whoever would put their faith in him and believe in him, God's judgment would pass over. You cannot possibly arrange all of these pieces together. When we look at the the prophecies that are fulfilled in Jesus' life in just this moment, it's impossible to have arranged this cosmic scam, this cosmic prank of surprise. He wasn't really dead. No, we couldn't arrange these pieces if we wanted to. Jesus is king, and there is no other king like him. The multitudes went out to him. They met while he walked, while he was on the road. Imagine the scene, the dust in the air. 
children skipping. They're sawing down branches from trees. They're taking off their coats and they're putting them on the ground. They get a donkey for their king, which in case you don't know, again, this is what you do. A king entering his city, you ride in on a donkey or a steed as the conquering king. And the city celebrates and they, 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 they raise their hands and they're throwing confetti and all the party things that you would imagine in a party. This is what you do when a king comes to town and he is the conquering king. We had a mission trip a few years ago to Mexico. And at the end of this mission trip, it was to a very, very hard to even imagine the poverty of the city that we were in and the area we were in. It was so poor. And at the end of building a new church building and literally sharing the gospel, knocking on huts and doors and, I mean, literally just pieces of metal leaning against trees or things. This is where people lived. And, you know, you would knock and you'd bring them out to the street. And when I say, you'd say, hey, meet me at the corner in 30 minutes and bring your friends. We're talking crowds of 100, 150, 200 people at times. And we would just share the story of who Jesus is and faith at large and what God has done in our lives. And then at the end of the week, we invited people to this giant fiesta in the very first church service. And in classic, just Mexican, you know, fashion, people are eating tacos and fajitas. Okay, true story. And the music has turned up. And there are children with toys and banners and there's confetti and there's singing and there's dancing and there's, there's moms and dads with kids on their shoulders and you cannot describe the joy that people had. And I remember taking a step back and I just grabbed my camera and I just videoed. I didn't want to embarrass anyone, but I wanted to capture this moment. Because the joy and the jubilee that people were experiencing was something that I hadn't quite tasted too much in my life. I hadn't seen it like this. And when I hear and read about Palm Sunday and the people in the streets and the, and the tree branches and the cloaks on the ground, this is the joy. You have to catch the joy that people have in celebrating Jesus Because Jesus is king. And there's no other king like him. Charles Spurgeon, he writes this, and I'm just going to quote him. He says, O princes of the earth, give ear. For there is one who claims to be numbered with you. It is Jesus, the son of David, the king of the Jews. Make room for him, emperors. Make room for him. Room for the man who was born in a manger. Room for the man whose disciples were fishermen. Room for him whose garment was that of a peasant. He has no crown except the crown of thorns, yet he is more royal than you. 
About his body he wears no purple, yet he is more imperial than you. Upon his feet there are no silver sandals studded with pearls, yet he is more glorious than you. Make room for him. Hosanna, Hosanna, peace. Let him be proclaimed a king, a king, a king. Let him value his place upon his throne high above the kings of the earth. This is who he is. Jesus is king. And there is no king like him. No king ever taught like Jesus. No king ever healed like Jesus. No king ever extended mercy and forgiveness like this king. No king ever stepped in to the role of God helps. And no king ever stepped down to give his life away to the poor and those who are broken and lost and rejected and those who need it. That is the kind of king that we have. That is the kind of king that we get to be a part of in his kingdom. His kingdom is not like any other kingdom, church. Every other kingdom is known for its force. And on the other side of Jerusalem, at the same time entering Passover week, Pontius Pilate, we know this from historical fact that at the same time Jesus would have been entering Jerusalem on that of a donkey being hailed as peacemaker. Pontius Pilate would have been riding on the back of a white war horse surrounded by soldiers dressed to the nines with armor and weapons clad. Why? Because they wanted to show the Jewish people what to, uh, how strong they were and they wanted to make sure that they understood that any kind of, uh, uh, of riot would not be tolerated and would be quelled. Look how strong Rome's kingdom is. A kingdom of your own might. A kingdom of your own strength. A kingdom of your own power. Flesh. But Jesus' kingdom is completely different. For his kingdom is for the weak. His kingdom is for the lost and the hurting. His kingdom is for the broken. Remind you this morning. There are some of you that are sitting here today. And it's hard for you to imagine a king, Jesus, loving you in spite of your sin. It's hard for you to imagine a king who cares about the hurt in your heart. It's hard to imagine a king who cares about your marriage, about your children, 
by the financial strain that you're carrying. It's hard for you to imagine a king who knows how many hairs are on your head and a king that says, trust me, you do not need to worry. It's hard for you to imagine a king who offers peace and a king that offers joy and love and kindness. But this is the kind of king that we serve. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is his kingdom. And he reminds us to seek first his kingdom. And all of these other things will be added unto you. In other words, he is the king. He is what we are after. Palm Sunday reminds us more than anything else that Jesus was king. And he knew it. just a moment we have four people who are getting ready to be baptized in our church and I'm excited I love it I'm pumped this is the kind of thing that just I I love this and ultimately what we're talking about are people who have made the decision that Jesus is who he says he is we haven't even gone to Easter yet Okay? We haven't even gotten to Jesus destroying sin and rising from the grave victorious over death. We are just on Palm Sunday where Jesus is being declared king. And that king and the king of his kingdom is enough for me and you to be able to say, that's my king. I'm choosing to follow him. The amazing good news of the gospel is it doesn't just end with your servitude in his kingdom. Oh, no, 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 no. He makes you full heirs and sons and daughters in this kingdom. You have now the blood of righteousness, his right living, the perfect life that he lived. You now step into that in fullness when you put your faith in Jesus because he lived a perfect and true life and he did it for you. And when he died, well, the consequence of sin is death. But if you've never sinned, surprise, devil, you just got punked on April Fool's. There is no death if you've never sinned. And so now the perfect sacrifice on your behalf and mine has been made. And when was it made? On Passover. All the pieces just arranging perfectly. Who could have done such a thing? If you're getting baptized this morning, I want to graciously excuse you to go ahead and get changed. You can then head outside or hang out in the lobby. You know what? You should just hang out in the frigid cold and just go ahead and get prepared, you know, for, for how it's going to feel. It's going to be a great moment. If you're getting baptized, you can go ahead and, and head out to, uh, front and get changed. And for those of us that are still in the cafeteria right now, in in hearing this message, I want, I want you to hear this with, with grace this morning. Because Jesus says in Mark 1, 15, he says, this is the beginning of his ministry. 
The very beginning. He says, the time was fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe. And so the very thing that Jesus, as his ministry is beginning, is the very same thing that he's calling them to at the very end. Repent and believe. I am the resurrection and I am the life. Put your faith in me. Trust me. Trust me in the midst of your pain, in the midst of your hurting, in the midst of your brokenness, in the midst of your hopelessness, in the midst of that which just looks impossible. All of you have situations in your life that aren't one day dead, two days dead, three days dead. They're four days dead. And Jesus invites us because he is our king. And this is the kind of king that he is. And this is the kind of kingdom that we are called to be part of. There is no impossible with a God like Jesus. Oh, He is king, but he is no ordinary king. There is no king like him. What king can change you from the inside out? What king can make you new? What king can, can offer forgiveness and give you the ministry of reconciliation? What king can move in your own heart and help you to forgive those who have wronged you? What king can bring healing to your body and to your soul? What king can do that? Messiah can do that. The one who saves can do that. Hosanna. Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Thank you. My God, my Savior, my King. Let me take my cloak off. I don't even want your feet to touch the dirt. That's how royal you are. That's how wondrous and majestic you are. Let me go cut some branches down and wave them in honor. God saves. He heals. He is masterful. He's wondrous to behold. Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. See, there are four getting baptized today, but there's more people here who there is something inside of you and you know it's time. There's a moment. Maybe you don't need to get baptized, but you're feeling God knocking on the door of your heart. You need to know Jesus as the good and gracious king of your heart. Father, we thank you this morning. I thank you, Lord, that you are a good and gracious king to us. I thank you that you're the kind of king who cares about every aspect of our life. I 
thank you that you are a king that does not know the word impossible. I thank you that you are a healing king and a forgiving king. You take the broken paths and you make them straight. And this morning we celebrate you, Jesus, as the one true king. If you're sitting here this morning and you just know that God is moving in places in your heart today, you need to give your life to Jesus. He needs to be the king of your heart. You need to bow your knee to this king, this ruler, this good and righteous king. If there is anyone who needs to recommit their life or needs to do it for the first time, raise your hand. Be bold. Do not be shy. Run to the street. Take the cloak off and lay it down before Jesus this morning. Cut the branches off the tree. Do not be shy. Celebrate him today and let this king be your king. Is there anyone who needs to put their faith in Jesus this morning? We have four that are doing so, some recommitting their lives in just a moment. Is there anyone here in this moment, in this room, who needs to do such a thing? Say, Jesus, I thank you that you are king. I thank you that you are my king. And today I choose to follow you and to put my faith in you. It's in your wondrous and beautiful and holy name.